For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. An hour to go here on a Thursday edition. Coming up, by the way, tonight on the TV side, I'll have Jaguars All Access at 7 o'clock on CBS 47. We'll be down at the stadium. And it looks like Josh Allen will join us down the road, not tonight, but down the road on Jaguars All Access on Thursday night. So that's cool. First and 10 training camp continues tonight, also on CBS 47 and Fox 30. That's at 11.15. So we've got a lot ready to roll for you on the football side uh, coming up tonight on TV and continuing right here on the radio side. Brent Martineau, along with former Jags player Austin Lane on ESPN 690. And pleased to be joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the L.A. Rams, Lindsey Theory right now. And we've got a lot to get to, Lindsey. I know you're being asked about hard knocks, but we've got some locals that we really have to check in with, from Jalen Ramsey to John Wolford to Van Jefferson. And let's start off with Maurice Jones-Drew. How's he doing? Does he give everybody a hard time out there? Uh, he always is. No, he's always smiling on the sideline when he's out there doing his uh, Rams.com hits. He is just absolutely fantastic to be around on a daily basis. He's always in a good mood. I don't, I don't always understand. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy, friend of ours for sure, and we miss MJD around here. Hello to you. Thanks for joining us, by the way. And can you give us an update on the Rams uh, from the perspective of practice today and conversations that might have taken place at their facility, like most facilities around the NFL? Yeah, the Rams were at practice this morning, uh, a bit uncharacteristic. About 20 minutes into the workout, Sean McVay called everyone up for a team meeting. Um, guys were able to meet before practice, but not everyone as a whole, just as special teams was kind of off doing its own thing. Um, you know, but they obviously decided to go forward with practice. And I think really talking to Robert Woods and uh, Sean McVay afterward, what it really came down to was that they decided, like, look, us canceling practice today isn't necessarily going to, to change anything. At this point, the Rams have really decided that they want to have action. Um, they feel like there's a rate awareness that's been raised about the issues that are going on in our country, and now they are trying to formulate a, a way to put a plan into action. Um, so they felt it was best to keep practice as is, um, but continue to come up with kind of some action items that they can take. Lindsay Theory with us, uh, ESPN's NFL Nation reporter covering the L.A. Rams. And there's a lot of stars on that team. Uh, but who are the leaders? Is it Aaron Donald or, or, or does everybody still kind of is the voice and, and kind of the star is still Sh- Sean McVay? Do they follow his leader or is it more from a uh, player standpoint, Donald or Jared Goff or someone else? Yeah, without a doubt, Sean McVay really does set the tone for this team. Um, but make no mistake, Aaron Donald, you know, he's a two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He is the standard, if not just for the Rams, but for the entire league, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so when they see Aaron Donald showing up every day, I mean, he does not take a rep off. It is really something to watch. I mean, this is, we're talking practice. We're talking walkthroughs, uh, bag drills. Aaron Donald 
goes 110% at all times. So when you watch the, one of the best, if not the best player in the NFL behaving like that, showing that kind of um, determination and practice every day, he really sets the tone for this entire team. He has to give offensive coordinators fits because he's always stopping practice. He's getting quarterback sacks. They have to reset the ball. I mean, Aaron Donald is just obviously a game wrecker during the regular season, but I'm sure in practice as well. When we talk about the Los Angeles Rams, I mean, we go back to the offense. We go back to Sean McVay a little bit. His first year on the scene, um, you know, that Rams offense was prolific. It kind of took a step back last year a little bit. Are we going to see another chapter. We didn't see another shade of the Sean McVay offense. You lose Brandon Cooks. Um, I've been seeing a lot of 12 personnel on hard knocks. Not sure if I'm going to buy that conspiracy <laughs> quite yet, obviously. I'm sure you heard about that, too. But are we going to see a more of maybe like a run-oriented team to a pass, or is it still going to be a high-powered Sean McVay type offense here? Well, I think you might still, if you're seen on hard knocks, you might be seen in real person with the, with the 12 there. But uh, you know, we're definitely going to see, as you said, a different shade of this offense. I mean, it has to change just by nature of, of who they have and don't have. Um, the loss of Todd Gurley, even though he had a decline in production last season, that is that is going to be significant. I mean, you watch practice every day, and right now they just – there's no one who's coming close to having the presence in the backfield that Todd had, even if he was a little bit slower last season than he had been in the past. Uh, I'm still a little bit skeptical about this offensive line. Um, again, you mentioned they're going against Aaron Donald every day, so that can skew anyone's perception <laughs> of how a line is. Um, but they, they do have a lot to prove after having a tough year last year. Um, but I really and truly, you know, Brandon Cooks, so he's, he's a speedy, speedy guy, and they're going to miss him. But I have been entirely impressed with Van Jefferson, um, especially considering that young rookie, he didn't have an off-season program on the field to go through. I mean, he has really been a standout at camp where you kind of keep looking, you're like, wow, that's 12 again, that's 12 again. And um, hard to believe that, that a rookie's been able to come in and, and make such impressive play. Lindsay, we have our fantasy football draft coming up, and I would be doing uh, myself a disservice if I didn't ask one <laughs> fantasy football question. Here we Brett, go. You need to relax. This is the champion speaking from last year. The champion's talking right now. So with that being said, I want to go to the running back position real quick. We cover the Florida State Seminoles. Obviously, Cam Akers is a big name around here. Rookie running back, you saw a lot of great stuff on film. I think a lot of things um, from Florida State's fans are the fact that he wasn't used properly in college. He goes to L.A. right now with a a mastermind and offense of Sean McVay. Like, do we expect to see Cam Akers off the get-go, or is that starting running back spot going to be reserved for, like, a Malcolm Brown or a Daryl Henderson? I think right now it's going to be Malcolm Brown. Um, Cam Akers, well, I, obviously the Rams took him in the second round. It was the first pick in the draft for them. They have big plans for Cam. But, again, like, you're a rookie running back. You weren't able to get out there, do any of the walkthroughs, go through any of the motions this summer. Uh, pass protection, as you guys know, in the NFL is huge. Um, and there's a lot of responsibility on the running back. So uh, he's going to get early action. I mean, especially with Daryl Henderson having a hamstring injury. Uh, they do expect that Daryl's going to be back for week one. But still, nevertheless, that is going to put more of a load on Cam than maybe anyone initially thought right out of the gate. So he'll definitely get a chance. And it might be kind of trial by fire for him for a little bit. Lindsay Theory with us, ESPN's NFL Nation reporter for the L.A. Rams here on ESPN 690. Brent Martino, Austin Lane here on a Thursday. You brought up Van Jefferson. We heard about a couple of good reps against our old friend Jalen Ramsey the other day. <laughs> How good were those? And, and just uh, maybe evolve the conversation a little bit more about Van Jefferson, the former Florida Gator, uh, because he really has sounded like he's turned a bunch of heads for that coaching staff and even teammates. 
Yeah, you know, I saw those um, notes about Van and Jalen. Unfortunately, I was on the far, far other end of the field, uh, keeping my eye on a couple other drills that were going on when those one-on-one drills were going were happening. But um, as far as Van goes, like the first day in full pads, uh, he popped. And, and when you watch camp, I mean, you guys know there's uh, this year fewer guys, 80 guys, but you know it's hard to really stand out and catch people's eyes, especially when. You know, you're looking for the Robert Woods, the Cooper Cups, and you're watching Jalen Ramsey. But, again, it was like 12, 12, 12, and, and that's Van Jefferson. So, um, coming into it, it looked like he was going to be the number four receiver. I think there's a real competition right now for Van to get that third receiver spot with Josh Reynolds. Um, I, he, uh, Sean McVay has talked multiple times about how much Van reminds him of, of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Uh, the older players have just talked about, um, kind of his knowledge, Cooper Cup said Van Jefferson didn't come in at an NFL 101 level. He's like already advanced to 300 level kind of questions and courses. Um, so they're really pleased with how smart he is. And then obviously his physical gifts um, are really apparent when you watch him play. Has Jalen Ramsey blocked you on Twitter yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jalen has not blocked me on Twitter. Uh, you know, you guys all saw Hard Knocks. Hard knock. There was one tough exchange, but you know what? I... He's a good-natured young man. You know, he's just, you know, he 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 wants his contract. He's not worried about his contract. He says so. It's just, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough time right now for everybody. But now nah, Jalen's good, and I'll tell you, he's out here and he is very very impressive to also watch in practice. I mean, you you look at the guy's arms and they're long, but then you watch him be able to snag some of these interceptions that he's had, and he's had a really, really terrific camp. He's a phenomenal player, and uh, I think a lot of fun to, to cover as well. I don't think the fans are missing Jalen anymore. I miss him in terms of covering him, uh, if I'm being honest, even though he did block me on Twitter. Uh, but <laughs> he's still salty. He's still salty. <laughs> he can't block me. I don't know. He might have well, blocked me I again. Mean, what, what, but, like, fans have to appreciate. I mean, yesterday – I mean, talk about gestures. Jalen Ramsey donated $1 million to a school in Nashville to help educate kids who are underprivileged. So uh, fans might not miss them, but uh, I have to point that out because that is just that is an eye-popping number, and that is a real difference changer in a lot of people's lives. It was a good uh, gesture by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, hats off to him for that. I've just got to give you the temperature here around Jalen Ramsey, Lindsay. He could give a million dollars to a fan, and I'm not sure they would still <laughs> like him right now. So, uh, Well, they probably would. But he, he's back there, and is he going to get the contract? They have to give him a contract, right? I mean, they gave up two first-round yeah. picks and a fourth-round mm-hmm. pick. And also, what else is around him? I, I don't know if this – maybe it's me. Maybe it's my lack of knowledge. But it doesn't look like there's a lot of name star power in the secondary with him in L.A. Is that a concerning point for the Rams? Yeah, so they, they're they going to pay him. I mean, you do not give up two first-round picks, a fourth-round pick, to rent a guy for a year and a half. I mean, that it would just be absurd. There's no way the Rams can let that happen. Uh, because of that, Jalen Ramsey knows that he can basically name his price, and he's going to get it. Um, it's just a matter of how they can uh, work that language around so the Rams can afford it and still afford to have uh, the other players they need to field the team. As far as talent around Jalen, um, John Johnson, safety, he's a fourth-year player. Um, he was a third-round pick out of Boston College. He has not gotten the amount of attention across the NFL that he probably deserves. I mean, he probably had what largely should have been a Pro Bowl season in 2018. Now, last year he had a, a, a pec shoulder or a shoulder injury, excuse me, that kept him out most of the season. But John, John is very, very talented. As far as anybody else, I mean, it, it is a secondary that's going to have a lot of young players. 
Um, a couple of guys who have not really established themselves as, as brand names, as defensive backs. But uh, the Rams are pretty confident about a couple of these young safeties they're able to pick up in the draft. So he should have some help back there. So, Lindsay, real quick about me. I am a hard knocks junkie. Can't get enough of the show. Phone <laughs> gets put on silent, gets put on sleep mode, and I just sit there and I watch, I analyze, and I take well, listen, notes. It's not like she's directing hard knocks. I mean, <laughs> I'm just telling her where I'm coming from. I'm going to give her some deep tracks right now. I'm not going to ask her Jalen Ramsey questions. Got that? And they've been blocked by the dude. More props to him. But I got two questions for you here, Lindsay. First observation off hard Hard knocks. Guy by the name of Juju Hughes. Okay, and I opened the show. Keep in mind, we're in Jacksonville. We're supposed to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I opened our show with this. Juju Hughes plays with a toothpick in his mouth. Have you ever seen that? And can you explain that to me? Because I've had guys, I've had offensive linemen play with chewing tobacco in their mouth, and that's weird in itself. But playing with a toothpick, how is that safe? Yeah, I, you know what? I've never seen that. And I have to be honest. Uh, when that segment came on, I'm actually like writing a recap about the hard knocks while it's happening for ESPN.com. And I kind of was like, oh, this Juju Hughes is not going to make the team. I don't even know who this guy is. Like, I'm just going to keep writing my recap. And I kind of tuned out of that whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. It's all good. It's hey, all good. But listen, we need a little investigative reporting for yeah. the next time, though. The toothpick. Yeah. yeah. Toothpick in his mouth. Yeah, I don't I, get it. Never I, seen I, it. I was just like. I was just like brutally honest with you. I mean, it's it's fun. Like, for viewers, it's really fun to watch hard knocks. But yeah. when you cover the team every day, <laughs> you just kind of tend to have more of a sense of like, like not everybody matters, but you tend to have more of a sense of like who you really need to pay attention to versus like, oh, this is just a hard knock story. Like. Right, well, well, you know what? Then let's speak about something you have to pay attention to, and that's Sean McVay. Listen, I've, I've been yeah. very adamant about this show. Okay, a guy by the name of Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona, comes in on the scene, right? Let's go back to the NFL draft real quick. He showcases his house, showcases that outdoor yeah. fireplace in the middle of Scottsdale, Arizona, in the middle of the summer, flexing his money, flexing himself, like, good for him. Sean McVay, I feel like, takes it one step further, shows off his house, once again, the outdoor fireplace, nice view. showing off his aesthetically pleasing fiance, showing off the dog and everything, and then what does he do? Jumps in the pool for no reason with his shirt off. So two questions for you, Lindsay. Number one. <laughs> One, is Cliff Kingsbury right now in Sean McVay's head living rent-free? And question number two, was that Sean McVay's idea to jump in the pool with his shirt off? Okay, one, without a doubt, Sean sing Cliff and is thinking, you cannot steal my thunder. That's what uh, I'm talking two, about. Yeah. Two, like, here's what I was waiting for. Like, okay, Sean's going to jump in the pool, show us his dog trick. Yeah. But, like, the dog trick didn't involve the dog getting in the pool. So I was so confused. Like, I thought the dog would be jumping in the pool to catch the ball or something. But I'm like, why is Sean in the pool? And the yeah. dog's just playing tricks on the deck. What's going on here? So uh, it had nothing to do with it. Nah. It, it had to be his idea. His idea. Lindsay Theory with us. Well, for he, he, he said he regretted it. You know, he, he did said say that. that. He, he should have been smarter than taking off a shirt and jumping in the pool. Uh, Lindsay Theory with us from ESPN NFL Nation. She's going to run, uh, but I can't let you go without asking you about Johnny Wolford. We love this guy. He's from Jacksonville. Bishop Kenny guy right here in town. He went to try out for teams, was on teams, then went to Wall Street, had a Wall Street career going, and now here he is back in as a backup quarterback, which it appears he's locked up. Uh, and, and Blake Bortles still looking for a job. He was on that roster last year. Johnny Wolford's a very cool story. Good young man. He's going to be the backup, isn't he? Yeah, unless they run out. And, I mean, Blake Bortles, like you said, is still out there. Uh, but so unless the Rams sign him or find somebody as another veteran to bring in last second, John is going to be the backup. And uh, here, here's a parting shot for you guys. When 
Sean McVay was talking about John after he had a pretty outstanding performance in the first half of the Rams scrimmage last week. Uh, Sean McVay said that John had was a Doug Flutie type stuff out there. So ah, there you go. Very good. Yeah. There you go. Uh, he's a little undersized. Uh, John Wolford can play some football. <laughs> Lindsay Theory, thanks for joining us. I know you weren't prepared for all those questions uh, Austin was going to throw at you, but you covered it all well. All good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that is Lindsay Theory. That's a fun team to cover now. Yeah, it is. Right? Yep. I mean, Jalen obviously makes him a little fun, too, in my opinion. Sure. But, I mean, McVeigh and all the stuff. And now I mean, Hard Knocks. Donald, and- too? Do you, do you find it? I mean, like, listen, Aaron Donald. If, if you watched last episode of Hard Knocks, it was funny because they were doing like a mock scrimmage, so like it was live on live. It was good on good. And Aaron Donald, I, I kid you not, every single play. I'm not sure it was edited like this, but every single play is in the backfield. Let me ask you this: it, When Aaron Donald is so far ahead of everybody else, it seems like at his position when you rank them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the yeah. case. I mean, whether that's true or not, if you ask GMs around the league, I don't know, but it feels like that. He is unequivocally the number one defensive lineman mm-hmm. interior guy especially in the game is was was JJ Watt like that years back when he won the defensive player of the year a couple of times was he that far ahead of everybody else and is there a, or is there anybody else in the league like Tom Brady's the greatest of all time but he's not that he hasn't been like that far ahead of everybody when you rank quarterbacks like sure. Aaron Rodgers would be in the conversation Drew Brees would be in the conversation Russell Wilson would be in the conversation but Aaron Donald the separation with everybody else at his position seems enormous well and this is giving me my question to you I mean, and I think J.J. Watt shared some of the same characteristics when J.J. Watt was back in his prime. I think he was yeah, kind of like game record. Now, where, J.J. Yeah, Watt. Yeah. But my question to you is, this guy is arguably, I mean, he's probably the best defensive weapon of any position on that field. Are you surprised that he's not a bigger star in the NFL than what he is right now? Uh, Well... And granted, personality has probably something to do. I mean, I think so. I think, I, I, I think you're right. You know, more props to him. He's, he's a laid back kind of pretty dude. Pretty laid back, pretty right? calm dude. Yeah. I think a little. Uh, but, I, I, listen, I believe in West Coast bias a bit. Sure. Um, I think they're, we're, we're guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just happens. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're part of that is if you have this super personality, like. Well, Jalen Ramsey might make more headlines and interviews that, because yeah. he's got this personality. We might see him on more. Donald doesn't do that stuff, uh, and so I think that's a little bit. Why? Mm. Um, and the Rams had one good year. Sure. You know, I mean, they're well, still not. They're yeah, not. but Brent, but you, you can't deny Aaron Donald. Like, to me, when you're that talented and you're that much of a game record, I don't care if you're playing in Cleveland. I don't care where you're playing. Like, people should know who you are. Like, it's like the, you know, Lawrence Taylor effect. Like, it didn't matter where Lawrence Taylor was. I mean, yeah. people know who, where Lawrence Taylor was. You know what I'm saying? But to your point, I, I agree with you. I think, like, J.J. Watt has, was more well-known, got better coverage, all this yep. kind of stuff. And he's in Houston, which is, well, okay. But yeah. more than even Aaron of, Donald. And he's done a lot of great stuff, obviously, for the community well, as well. Well, that's even so sense. That, but I'm talking yeah. even before that sure. stuff. He was still like this. Everybody was raving about J.J. Watt. Yeah. I don't know if people rave about Donald in that respect, and even though they should, probably. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting town, right? Town major city but I mean, you got mike trout and aaron donald two of the greatest in their sport mm-hmm. and very under talked about it's a good call I, I would think you Absolutely. know uh and i don't know what that says about their organizations if it's more about their personalities if it's more about west coast bias i don't know uh it's it's hard to pinpoint it's probably a little bit of uh of everything uh by the way the rams do you feel like the rams do you get the sense that they're like, it's, 
I don't even know if all or nothing's the right way because I'm not sure there is an all with the Rams. The Rams aren't good enough to like knock off San Francisco, mm. Seattle. They don't mm-hmm. feel it, right? Even like Green Bay from last year had the nice run. Minnesota's been built better than them. The Cowboys look like they're built better than them. If you look at the NFC, I mean, I think it's the Rams in Arizona. And so my my question was going to be, like, what's their ceiling and and what's their floor? Because we have keen interest on that here in Jacksonville. Oh, we you get better their believe it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think their floor is it bottoms out. I mean, it can bottom out like I think Houston's going to bottom out. Sure. Listen, when we talk about what's the ceiling, what's the floor, let's start with the head coaching. Okay, Sean McVay had a great first year, right? Go, you go to the Super Bowl, revolutionize the, the offensive unit. Kind of got figured out a little bit, right? Last year, writing was on the wall. Didn't do so well. Throws another wrinkle this year. We'll see. I still like Sean McVay as a coach. I'm not, I'm not a Sean McVay denier by any means, man. I think he's I think he's the real deal. So the quarterback now, second best thing, Jared Goff. How confident are you in Jared Goff? Uh, you know, no. the, 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 the term system quarterback gets thrown out, and I know that's a big insult to quarterbacks out there. And you don't hear much I'm, in the NFL. Correct. But I'm just saying the term system quarterback gets thrown out to Jared Goff. Okay. So when you have those two combinations and you have, you know, you analyze that roster top to bottom, you got some great players. You have Aaron Donald, best defensive lineman, one of the best corners, so your defense looks like it's going to be okay. But there are a lot of question marks. And keep in mind, people forget how monumental Todd Gurley was on that team. Okay, now, yes, he had some injuries and things like that. People had to step up to take his place. But when he was healthy, when he was playing on all cylinders, the run game was just as important as the pass game. Well, now you have... You know, a run game with Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers, a rookie. You have to ask yourself, how confident are you right now with that run game as well? So, to me, there's just there's a lot of question marks right now in probably the best division in the entire NFL. I mean, if they go 500, if they go, you know what, if they win, to me, if they win nine games, I think it's going to be a monumental season. But I, I can definitely see them going 500. Yeah, and, and the I guess the plus side of that for Jags fans would be if they really flop, if yeah. something goes wrong. If they go wrong in a couple of positions, they're young behind some of their players. And if they do, and I'm not saying rooting for anybody to get hurt, but I'm just saying if things go poorly with golf or with whoever, actually I'd like to see that because then Wolford would come in and be interested to watch him play. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you could be looking at a three-win, four-win kind of season. And therefore, looking at a top ten pick potential. Absolutely. I mean, that's not out of play with the Rams. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't know if they have too much talent to avoid that. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possible. I mean, listen, they have a lot of talent. That's for sure. I just, I, I, I can see the middle of the road. I honestly, kind of mean. The question comes: Is Arizona going to be good this year? I mean, that's a question mark. But it's hard to see them beating the 49ers or the Seahawks, Brent. Because let's be honest, I think the 49ers and the Seahawks are some of the favorites to win the entire NFC. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? So it doesn't seem like they're in that ballpark. Yeah, and, and real quick too, and I, I should have asked um, Lindsay this question if we got to do it. And I'm not sure you've been following along a lot, but on hard knocks, all right. Do you know who was second in the NFL last year in reception touchdowns? Woods. Nope. This is my point. Got them at Cooper Cup. 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 Yeah. Had that touchdowns last year. Have, saw Cooper Cup for a second of one episode. They haven't even talked about Cooper Cup yet. I wonder if some what is this guys, guy about? Do you wonder if some guys say, like, hey, don't put me on there? Maybe. I don't want to be a part of it. Maybe. Because you know? think about it. I mean, like, if you can show Hunter Renfro from last year, right? Hunter Renfro is the yeah. guy. For, yeah. You show, if we get three episodes of Hunter Renfro and his used car salesman looking self, and we can't get a second of Cooper Cup, 
Maybe Cooper Cup said, don't show me. Well, it's a possibility. I know one person didn't say, don't show me. Joe Ramsey, man. <laughs> hey, hey, we're going house hunting. We're driving Mercedes G-Wagons through the you know through the Hollywood Hills. We're everywhere. That's interesting to hear Lindsay talk about, though, when you're covering the team, because we haven't had a Hard Knocks team. We yeah. thought a couple of times we might get it, right. but we haven't. And so when you're covering the team, what you pay attention to on Hard Knocks is kind of just like, yeah. yeah, whatever. I see this all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I get what she's saying there. I, I, could, I could see that. Uh, there might be a time or two or a thing or two that really gets a lot of buzz in it attention uh, but th- it's interesting because they're doing like the rams are doing a lot of things like post game shows for the hard knocks mm-hmm. uh, and i think other people like, i think she said she's writing a recap every week so it's interesting the attention hard knocks gets uh, and you've liked it so far right loved it yeah i think it's been a great it's, it's great because of all the adversity like we're seeing the behind the scenes a little yeah. bit because we can't see a lot in jacksonville you sure. know obviously i mean we we go to the field and that's about it so i love seeing the behind the scenes and obviously the player psychology i'm a huge fan of that yeah by the way i gotta say again i mean john wolford is a great story really yeah. cool story i mean uh, I, the guy could probably be making a lot of money on wall street right now smart kid uh just a super kid and a young man now and to see this is cool like that's what sports are cool when john wolford is is in line to be the backup quarterback of the Rams. I mean, you, you talk about – they're so cliche now to say work hard and keep going and grind, all that stuff that, like, I say to my kids, you know, <laughs> sure. um, and people say. But it it's just – then there's proof in the pudding of it. You see it up close and personal, and that's – you see it around the league. You see it around sports. Uh, people tell those stories. But Wolford is from our own backyard, and, and we've covered him in high school. And you, you kind of follow his career, Wake Forest – through everything else, mm-hmm. and it's a guy that really – he's playing at the highest of levels. And if you think back to the college days, I'm not saying he hasn't grown as a quarterback or matured as a quarterback, but they eliminated him because of his size. Mm-hmm. It was simply because of his size. Everybody wants a 6'3 quarterback. Well, John's a six-foot, maybe even a shade under, yeah. uh, you know. And so Florida, Florida State, all the rest, they oh. wouldn't take him, didn't want him. Well, there's more to it than that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's uh, I, that's the cool part about it. And and what team, what program is going to take a chance on that because they see more than just the height and the weight or, or whatever else. Yep. Uh, and I think Wake Forest benefited from that. Oh, without and a doubt. And I think giving um, John another chance in L.A., even though it looked like his career might have been over, mm-hmm. the Rams are benefiting a little bit from yep. that. And just think, I mean, I know people talk about Bortles and whatever they want to say, but this he beat out or he, he made them – be like, okay, with getting rid of Bortles. Now, Bortles might want to go, too, to go try to get a, a, another job. Yeah. But they didn't beg him to stay, is my point. And and Wolford kind of put them in a position to not beg him to stay. And Bortles is a guy who was a top three pick, went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And here Johnny Wolford is uh, it's a great you know, story. beating him out. It's cool well, stuff. Well, it's, it, stuff. It, it's an awesome story. And, and it's one of the oldest stories that we, you know, we learn when we're a kid, where you never judge a book by its cover. And... They always say that fortune flavors the bold, and I think sometimes teams make a make mistakes because of perception of because what they think a quarterback should look like, or what a player should look like, or how he should you know come across. And sometimes, like I said, fortune flavors the bold, and obviously, I think like you said, Wake Forest it helped them out a lot. And now we'll see with the Rams if they can make uh, something out of him as well. Good story uh, is John Wolford from right here in Jacksonville in Bishop Kenny High School and played uh, the most entertaining uh, high school game uh, you'll ever see, 74 to 73 uh, against Clay a few years back. He played he Ari- played in that game. But um, Arizona, too, right, for AF- AFF or AAF? He was. He was in Arizona. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. used the passing yes, leader there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good for John Wolford. All right, let's go check in with the Rams. Yeah. The Rams have so many ties to Jacksonville. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah.
when we come back, put a bow on the show. A couple of little things about college football, uh, including the poll that's weird to me, and uh, also a recap of what's going on in the world of sports. Are sports being played? What's the latest on the NBA and the latest on the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, after a heavy and busy uh, 24 hours or so? That's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Uh, we met as a team uh, together, coaches, players. We, you know, addressed, you know, a lot of issues where, you know, we find ourselves back to where we were, you know, a couple of months ago, d- discussing these things. You know, it's always, you know, interesting that, you know, a lot of individuals get up there, including myself, and we share, you know, personal stories of how things affected us in our lives. And, you know, I think we have, matter of fact, in fact, I know we have a good understanding of what's not acceptable, you know, in, in our country today. That is Doug Marone. Let's be honest, challenging time to be a head coach uh, in any sport and in the NFL. Um, but there's a responsibility in that as well. And uh, it can be also a, a maybe your most impactful work as a coach in your career. Mm-hmm. What's going on mm-hmm. uh, again? These are we don't know the results of this kind of stuff, these kind of conversations. But someday somebody's going to write about them and talk about them and illustrate them. And it will be proof of what really took place. Uh, and right now we're just kind of guessing. But uh, it'll be interesting to see and how some of the coaches respond to COVID-19, respond to what's going on in the world with their players and that players are concerned about how they handle those things are front and center more than X's and O's. Yeah. I mean, it really is paramount to be a great leader more so than be a great football man. Yeah. In 2020. Listen, like we rave about guys that are super football guys, Belichick, sure. right? We rave about McVay when he was able to do what he did. Uh, shoot, Andy Reid all the time. Andy Reid. There's there's countless examples. Correct. But throw that aside in 2020. It's still important on Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. But more important is getting to Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. in the right frame of mind. And that stuff takes great leadership. Correct. You you can drop all these great plays, and you can have a knowledge of the X's and O's. You can have it down to a T. Especially this year, though, none of that's going to matter because there's so much more happening. And I've always said this. Like, yeah, it, it helps if you have a head coach who maybe is quarterback friendly or, you know, is a quarterback position. It helps a head coach who maybe played defense in the league and he knows what a great defensive line can do for a team. Those things can help. But to me, the biggest thing that a coach can do is he understands how to get the most out of his players, number one. But number two for a head coach is that he leads those players to one goal. And it sounds so cliche and so mundane, but it's the truth, man. Because every single NFL locker room like we saw today from the Jacksonville Jaguars, half that team wanted to go out there and practice and half didn't. Okay, And they were essentially divided. But they still went out there and they still found a way. And to me, that's what makes a great coach. It's taking everyone with different backgrounds, personalities, beliefs, and all that good stuff, and you put them together for one common goal. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who can do it well and better than others. And it could uh, 
it could translate to the field this year. We'll see. That's another thing we're kind of wondering. Uh, it's not it's not in front of our face enough to know if that's what it has taken to get to the front of the standings in Major League Baseball or do better in the NBA bubble right now. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a part of it. I just don't know how much of a part of it. Let me ask you this. You know, we've talked about it before where we talk about the young coaches that can relate to the players, right? Because the older you get, obviously, some people can say you get out of touch with, you know, the what's in and what's going on right now. I mean, do you think for this NFL season, do you think some of the younger coaches out there have the true advantage in their ability to relate to the players? If you relate to your players, you get a better product on the field? Or do you think it's kind of like the same it's always going to be? Uh, listen, I think... I think there's an element of that, and we've talked about this in terms of the younger coach and relatability, yeah. that, that does help. I also think this might be the prime time for experience, mm-hmm. you know, and what you've lived through, dealt through, dealt with yeah. all different teams. And the more experiences of that, the better equipped you are as a leader. Sure. And, I mean, you're asking – basically what you're saying is, hey, Brent, when you're Sean McVay, and he's a heck of a lot smarter than me, but at 32 years old, would you have been equipped to do this, or are you better equipped to do it at 43? I got to believe at 43 I'm a heck of a lot better equipped to handle these kind of situations uh, and talk about them and discuss them than I would have been at 32. I don't know where that translates to a leadership standpoint yeah. um, on a football team or in a sports realm, but I just think logic says, nah. I, I, I don't know if you – I don't know where the cutoff is, right? I mean, point, do yeah. we have 75-year-old coaches in the NFL, head coaches? No. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. he's a the guy that relates to players a lot. Is he? Does he have old-school tendencies in that still? I don't know. I've never been around him that much. Uh, does How does he handle this? He's always done very well with players. Correct. People have responded. Yeah. Uh, I, I but just, is this new school versus old school, and he yeah. has more of a sense of old school – I don't know. I always just think of Bill Belichick, right? Like, I mean, to me, he's he's the standard of old school, right? And, you know, no, not one team in the NFL has had more players opt out than New England Patriots. Now, whether that's a coincidence or not, who knows? I'm, not, I'm taking off a tinfoil hat for this one. But I'm just saying it begs the question a little bit where what do you think the Patriots are going to be able to do with Bill, Bill Belichick? Now, yes, Bill Belichick has seen it all in the NFL. He's experienced. He's seasoned. Um, probably more season than any NFL coach currently right now. I get that. But at the same time, he's never experienced something like this, I don't think, with in his time coaching, or at least to this extent. Maybe a little bit of this, but not to this extent. Yeah, that's a really good point. Here, here's what's interesting to me about a guy like Belichick, because I think we're seeing this a little with Saban. And I haven't listened to every second of Saban's news conferences, mm-hmm. but from the pandemic point of view, not not uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, but the pandemic point of view, where there's a lot of talk about football and football. And my perception of Nick Saban, if you just ask me with being unfair to Nick Saban, uh, is all this guy wants to do is play football, win championships, and however he gets there, he gets there, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's kind of my take on Bill Belichick, too. I mean, he just wants to win games, blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of like when the NFL Network did that day in the life thing, I think it was, or whatever they call it, with, um, with Belichick, and he was on his boat. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy smiles. Like he laughs, yeah. like he has fun sometimes. It's kind of <laughs> like when Saban's on the desk with ESPN on game day or something, or yeah. if he's not in a game but an, an analyzing game, you're like, oh, my gosh, there's yeah, a personality. He, he actually cracks a smile a yeah, little bit. Like, so so you, like, you learn that these guys, oh, my gosh, they are human. Like they're not yeah. robotic and all they care about is I won a football game. Great. <laughs> right? So yeah. uh, uh, to that end, mm-hmm. 
how much more relatable to players are they than we give them credit for? Yeah. I don't know. We don't know. But we give credit to guy like Pete Carroll, to Andy Reid, for being kind of – uh, for relative to players uh, or related to players, player coaches kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We don't say that about the Sabins and Belichicks of the world, but they might be the most loyal to players and and relate to players and have players at the forefront and appreciated by players. Then we know times like these showcase that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, again, <laughs> we'll find out yeah. uh, if that's the case or, or not. Uh, depending on what folks say about them in the aftermath of uh, of this season. How about this? People wonder, can the NFL make it work? Should they try to make it work in the pandemic? You know that COVID-19 list where I said this a, a couple of days ago? I was like, I thought everybody would be, I thought that would be a yo-yo of people on it, people are off it, people are on it. And They're I'll for, be honest, I thought, I mean, I, I believed it, but I wasn't surprised when it wasn't. The only player in the National Football League that is on that list as of right now at 546 on a Thursday, August 26, two weeks from the start of the season, yeah. is Ryan Pope of the Jaguars. And by the way, Pope's been on that list for a while now. But that is it. One player. I mean, that's astonishing. That's the biggest upset of the season so yeah, far. So far. We're in training camp, keep in mind. Listen, I've, I've said all along, you got to give credit to the players mm-hmm. uh, for the buy-in. But you do have to give credit somewhere along the way to the teams, the cleaning crews, the NFL and Players Association for putting in protocols. What they have done appears to be working. Remember, they extended the everyday testing instead of every other day. Yeah. And that has helped, obviously. Uh, and, uh, again, unless they're fabricating these numbers mm-hmm. and not paying attention to putting people on a list, which I don't think is, is true, I don't think they would be doing it's pretty unbelievable oh, no, no, that they have one one person on the list. That's it. You couldn't have asked any more of the NFL or the players or, like you said, Brent, the workers. I mean, everybody you know has done a fantastic job. Mwah, chef's kiss to you guys. And they're not in a bubble. Not in a bubble. Keep in mind, though, they are in the training camp bubble. Okay, I'm going to reiterate this. They're in a training camp bubble right now where rest is, is crucial. Now, C.J. Henderson might disagree with me a little bit, but you you get your sleep, you go home, you go part, you be part of your routine, and you go to sleep. Okay, it's just, it is what it is right now. I want to see what these numbers look like when the regular season starts. Okay, I want to see what these numbers look like when you stop spending so much time in those locker rooms and in those meeting rooms and on Zoom. All right. I want to see what these, what this environment looks like after you have a hard game, whether you win or you lose, and you want to go out and celebrate, or you want to go out and drink your sorrows away. Like I did a lot of the Jack's Peach bars. I want to see what that's going to look like. And when we see what that looks like, I think we're going to have a true test of just how great this is working. Well, and by the way, that's the only part that really matters, quite frankly, is what does it look like on Sundays yeah. and Saturdays and leading up to it. But I'm going to be interested at on September 6th. Fifth or sixth is when this latest extension went to to do day uh, daily testing. And, of course, there's a big expense involved in that. Oh, yeah. But since it's been so effective, will both the NFL and the Players Association see that and want to continue it? Nobody wants to take one of those tests. But the fact that they know they don't have it after taking the test is a great peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that will continue. At least in the early part of the season. Why wouldn't it? If it's been effective, don't stop doing what you've been doing. Don't both sides have to see that? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, if it's broke, I'm sorry, if, if it works, don't. Wait, if, if it's it broke, broke, if it ain't broke, don't. 
fix it. Don't fix it. There we go. Hello, man. It's been a while. Sorry, man. I'm I'm not in my fifties yet. I don't use that phrase a lot. <laughs> I, I feel That's like every, Well, I feel like every grandpa out there says that. I've never said it before until today, and I failed so badly. You did fail. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, obviously it's working right now. So keep it going and see what you can do with it. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, hey, update. Uh, Tiger Woods is even par through sixty, uh, fifteen holes. Uh, Billy Horschel even par. Uh, through, well, he's done. So he is top 10. The leader is Tyler Duncan and Mackenzie Hughes. Duncan uh, lives in Jacksonville. Mackenzie Hughes, two under. Everybody else is one under. And then even par is next. It's a tough golf course. Mm. And Tiger Woods right now, top 10, right in the middle of things. Doesn't seem like he's played terrific golf, but he's got a few more holes, try to get it under par and maybe near the top of that leaderboard. Uh, pretty good stuff so far in Chicago. I'm going to end the show with this. Uh, did you see the top 25 came out in college football, the AP poll? And it's like the typical, right? I think it's like the 10th straight year. It's uh, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama in some part of the top four. <laughs> like yeah. every year. Yeah. It's got to be that. Yeah. Well, the SEC has like six schools in the top 13. UCS way down there. Well, not way down, but number 14. Uh, let's be honest. Miami and Florida State have a long way to go because they're they're not really even on the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, although some people are high on Miami because of Derek King and the quarterback uh, transferred over from Houston. Florida State obviously has to make its way back to relevancy. But what's fascinating about that poll is they included the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. They're not playing. So, like, Penn State's in the top ten, Oregon's in the top ten, Ohio State's in the top ten. Yep. They're not going to get there. So the next poll that does come out, Yep. and by the way, college football starts on Saturday. Some of the smaller schools are playing on Saturday, not the Power Five, Woo. but there are college football games on Saturday. Yeah. That snuck up on you. Yeah. But it, are, you, the, are you asking why, they, why they're doing it like that? Well, I'm not really asking why, but how crazy is it? Oh, Brent. That, that we're going to look at the next poll, and all those teams are going to be gone. UCF, by the way, is going to jump up to, like, number 10 in the country. Sure. Well, and you know why they're doing that? Yeah, yes, it's going to be definitely very crazy. But let's be honest, man. This is college football, and they live by one song, one song only. Let's give them something to talk about. How about rankings? Rankings. Drama. Chaos. That's, that's what we're doing right now. That's what college football does. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done that, but it is what it is. You really want to put a song together, don't you? That's all, I, that's all I think you about. You kind of want to hey, do it. That's all I think about. You think I'm thinking about the Jaguars and sports? I just think about music in my head the whole time. I got another guy I work with. He does that song stuff, and he loves it. He, yeah. He's so bad at it. All right. Well, go and give me his information, and I'll get with him then. And don't we have to get with him. We're just going to see if you can be better at it. Okay. Oh, I, can, hey, I, I will be better than that. Don't worry about that. You might have to work on Depending it. Depending who you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we can work on it. Hey, make sure you check out Jaguars All Access uh, coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on CBS 47. We'll be over at the stadium doing that show. 11-15 tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. It's first and 10 training camp, so we've got a lot of football shows ahead on the TV side. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything going on in the world of sports. Coming up next, it's Live Local Loud right here on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.